Hi, this is RCCG Amazing Life Podcast. God bless you as you listen to this transforming message. First Kings 17, 17 to 24. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Had thou come unto me to, carry my, to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into the loft, into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? And he stretched forth himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. The Lord will hear someone's voice this morning. And the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. This will be someone's testimony in Jesus' name. Ah, You may say, how can I start? I have not healed someone with headache. Come on, headache. You are going to be anointed specially from this morning. And that anointing that you are going to begin, you are going to carry can even raise the dead. Your hand will become an extension of God's own hand. Are you hearing me? Now the story here, if you go back through, back from the beginning, you will discover that there was famine in the land. Hunger everywhere. Just like this lockdown caused hunger everywhere. People were hungry. People were tired. And then there was no food in the whole place. No food anywhere in the region because there was famine. And so God sent Elijah to a widow woman, a woman who had no husband, but only a son. And said, I have commanded the woman to feed you. And so when Elijah went to Zidom, where this woman dwelt, he saw the woman trying to fetch firewood to prepare her last meal and then commit suicide with her son. And Elijah said to her, woman, please, as you're going, bring me water to drink. At least... It wasn't a problem because water was not scarce. What was scarce was food. So she obliged him. On her way to go and bring the water for the man of God. The man of God called her again and said, Please, madam, as you're coming, don't bring only water. Bring some cake also in your hand. The woman said to the man of God, As the Lord liveth and as your soul liveth, I'm fetching this firewood just to go and prepare the last meal so that when me and my son will eat, we'll wait for death to come. Because that was the last meal in the house. In other words, she was saying that she and her son are going to commit suicide after eating. Praise the Lord. And Elijah said to her, that's true. But just 
bake the cake, bring for me first. As the Lord liveth, the oil and the flour that you have will never finish until the day God will send down rain and there will be abundance one more time. And the woman reluctantly obeyed, went, brought water, came along with the cake and gave to the man of God. As the man was eating, inside of him, he was reminding God that you were the one who sent me. There are so many big men in the town. You didn't send me to them. Why did you decide to send me to a widow who didn't have anything? Last pot of oil and flour. God said, I honor my word above my name. I have said it. I have spoken it. It will not return unto me void. And so it should be. So Elijah told the woman that nothing, she should not be afraid. And when, they had eat, when he had eaten, there was enough at home for the woman to eat. That day, the flower didn't finish. The following day, the second day, the third day, one month, two months, Elijah, this woman, and her son, just three people. God was the one taking care of them. And later on, they ate for so many days until when there was food again. But the story where we are coming here, what, why the Bible said, and after these things, it is these things that I've just explained now, that this young boy now died. Are you getting me? The son of this woman now died. And the woman said, uh-uh, man of God, no other person is living here with me. You are a man of God. How can this happen? Have you come to remind me of my sins? And Elijah took the son and took him up and laid him on his own bed because they were all living in the same apartment. And lo and behold, he cried to God and the boy came back to life and his soul came back to him. That is restoration. There is someone here who needs restoration. I don't know which area you need restoration. But God is saying that I should tell you this morning, receive that restoration right now. Amen. That restoration is right now delivered to your hands. Amen. If you believe that, say a glorious amen. amen. Restoration is important, child of God. Everybody needs restoration. Joel chapter 2, verse 25 to 26. Joel chapter 2, from verse 25 to 26. The Bible says, and that which the locust, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm had eaten, that is going to restore back unto you. Our God is a God of restoration. Restoration means, therefore, that something was lost before then. Before there could be restoration, there must have been a loss. Is there someone here who is not operating at full capacity? Is there someone here who is not operating at as God wired you and you see yourself operating at a capacity that is not properly representing your good self this morning God is telling me to tell you that you are going to begin to operate at full capacity from now in every area of your life in Jesus name and very quickly because of our time I am just going to take a few areas where you need restoration where I think you need restoration for example, you need restoration physically. For those of you who are ill, who are sick, 
And there are different ways God can restore you, either by granting you divine healing. You may say, ah, this kind of sickness, I was born with it. And I have done everything possible, and it is still not abating. I have gone to the best specialist hospital, and it is still there. So you have retired. You have decided to live with it and die with it. <laughs> can I prophesy to you this morning? You will not die with that sickness. Yeah. That sickness will not kill you. Yeah. That condition will not kill you. Yeah. If you believe that, say a better amen. Do you know that God is the original manufacturer of man? He's the one who manufactured man. He's the one who created man. There are several products like the one I'm holding now. It's a product made in either Japan or China or Korea or whatever. Now, these products probably have been made by different companies. Because there are different components when you open it. For example, the battery that is inside here may not be made by the same company that is making the microphone. Are you with me? So someone else is making the battery. Someone else could make the LED, this light, some, the place that shows light. Another company can produce it. Another company will produce the body. There are some wiring. There are some chips inside there. There are some things inside there. Different, different companies produce them. And so they will have spare parts of these same products. In case one particular part is bad and I don't want to buy everything, I can just go buy just that part that is missing or that is bad and replace it and it will become good again. Am I talking? Now, because they are the original equipment manufacturers, they have spare parts. Now, because God is the original equipment manufacturer of man, he also has spare parts in heaven. Do you understand me? So, God has spare parts. He can do a creative miracle in your life. There are some items they don't repair. You go to buy some items in the car or something. Once it's bad, it's bad. You just have to get another one, put a complete one. The Lord said I should tell someone here that he's about to just do a creative miracle in your life. That particular thing in your body that have refused to give way, it is replacing it completely. Amen. You are having a brand new one. Amen. If you believe you are the one the Almighty God is talking about, say a better amen. amen. So physically, you can you can be restored. It happened in the book of Mark chapter five, verse twenty-five to thirty-four. Mark twenty-five, Mark chapter five. 25 to 34 the woman with the issue of the blood several years for 12 whole years what she thought was messes or menstruation lasted for more than one month ah she was thinking what is happening more than two months three months one year two years three years 12 years the woman was losing blood you know that life is in the blood every animal that has blood that life the life of that animal is dependent on the blood the moment an animal is losing blood losing blood that animal will look frail will look anemic because that will, that animal will even have strength are you getting me so this woman was such in that condition and the societal constraints in the land of israel at that time was that 
she should not communicate with anybody so she will be secluded she will just be kept one place and perhaps somebody who gives her food will just go and slip the food under the cage and then when she finishes she slip the plate out and that's all that's the kind of life she was living on that day she heard that jesus was passing and she concluded whether society has put constraints on me because by societal constraints in the land of israel i'm not supposed to come out because i am unclean today i will defy that restriction you know how some people defy lockdown and say lockdown i'm hungry die and die if i sit at home i'm hungry hungry will kill me if i go out if police kill me now they think that death have you heard that before <laughs> have some people lost their life because they defy lockdown yes some people have been shot some people have died both in nigeria and outside nigeria so this woman defied the lockdown order placed on her by society and said i am going to touch the hem of jesus garment it doesn't matter who is going to block my way it doesn't matter what the tradition says and she pushed her way pushed able-bodied men and went and touched the garment and she said i touched him and that same moment the bible said that fountain where the source of that flow the blood was flowing was just cut off and it stopped and immediately she knew something has happened in her life and then she wanted to run away immediately the one that was touched felt also that power has left him and turned back to peter and all the rest said who touched me and peter said are you is, is there so if not that you are the son of god i will slap you this morning no? because look at people touching you i say who touched you do you know thousand and one persons were touching him they were touching him yet they went back home with their sickness yet they went back home with their problems but the woman who came pushing from behind touched with a purpose and she went back home whole somebody is going to go back home whole today yeah. if you're that person let me hear you say i am that one, I am that one. praise the lord why did she get her healing because she said if only i would touch the hem of his garment i'll be made whole and indeed she was whole another example of physical restoration can be taken from the book of second kings chapter 5 verse 1 to 14. second kings chapter 5 from verse 1 to 14. there was a man who is called the captain of the guard of the army of syria his name is naaman Naaman was like the second in command. He has led the army of Syria to war and he has brought victory thousand times. Several times he has never lost any war. So he was a very prominent person in the land. But he was a leper. Every bet the enemy has painted you with this morning, we give way. And what happened to him? He eventually went to Israel after they connected him. And Elisha gave him an instruction. Go to River Jordan, dip yourself seven times, and be clean. Initially, he protested. Why should he tell me to go and put myself inside the river? I thought he would have come and then lay hands on me for me to recover. And he got angry. Climbed his horse about to return back to Syria. And some of the servants followed him and said, Master, 
if this man has told you to do some other stronger things just for you to be healed, wouldn't you have done it? How much more or how much less? This simple instruction. Thank God for those servants who followed him, that convinced him. And he obeyed. He went to River Jordan, dipped himself one time, come, came out. He was still leprous. Dipped himself the second time, came out. He was still leprous. He looked at himself. Nothing has happened. Dipped himself the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, the sixth time, and then the seventh time. Because the instruction said how many times? Seven times. If he had done it six times and said, I am tired and walk out of the river, will he have gotten any healing? And by the time he did that the seventh time, the Bible said his skin was like that of a newborn baby. You can imagine that. That's divine restoration. I don't know what it is that you have lost. Receive divine restoration. How else can I receive restoration? How else can I receive restoration? Maritally, you can receive restoration. If your marriage is on the brink of collapsing, if your marriage is about to crash, God is about to restore it again in Jesus' name. And I don't know what is it that is making your marriage to be shaken. God is going to restore it. Whether it is because of lack of children, whether it is because of lack of finances, God will restore your marriage in Jesus' name. And if you check, if you read Genesis chapter 30 verse 1, that is about Rachel that said to her husband, Jacob, give me children or I'll die. So it means she is ready to die if she doesn't have children. So children became the abatros, the obstacle to a fruitful marriage. And God eventually gave her children. So that marriage was saved from collapsing. Praise the Lord. What about Hannah? In 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 10, Hannah was singing a song of sorrow because she was bitter. Her, her mate, Penina, provoked her because God closed the womb of Hannah and Penina was bearing children so she was always provoking her. So she wasn't happy. And on this particular occasion in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 30, she prayed to the Lord and she wept sore. She was in bitterness of soul. But after that, God blessed her with a son. And her song changed. In, second, in the same first Samuel chapter 2, verse 2. Where she sang that song that said, There is none holy as the Lord. For there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. You know the song. That was the song of someone whose marriage has been restored. But before then, the Bible says she was in bitterness of heart. For she was, she wept sore. She wept sore. How else can God restore you this very day? In your finances. God can restore your finances. I say God can restore your finances. In 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1 to 7. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1 to 7. The widow of the wives of the prophets, the prophets who died and left nothing but debt for, for, for his wife and children. The creditors came to collect the money the man was owing. No matter how close you are, it's not everybody. It, you know, when somebody is owing, and then eventually the person who is owing dies, 
Not too many persons will forgive the debt because you are dead. So they will just wait small after the burial. Then they will come back and remind the people who are alive that while this person was alive, he is owing so so and so, especially when they have evidence or they have record. So they now came to the woman. Now the burial is over. Your husband was owing us so so and so much. Give us the money. And the woman said, My husband didn't leave anything with me. No money. So they came again and again. The woman could not pay. And then they came once again and said, This time, madam, we are giving you final notice. If you come again and you are not able to pay, no mercy. We'll carry your two sons as collateral for the debt your husband was owing us. And when they mentioned her two sons, she knew she had to do something. She ran through her mental, her network. Who does she know? She quickly remembered the man of God that the husband was serving. The husband was one of the prophets in, the, in Elijah's school, in Elijah's school of prophets. Prophetic school. So, she ran to the man of God and said, Man of God, behold, while your servant was alive, he honored God, he did this, he did that, he did that. But now, he is dead. And the creditors have threatened to come and carry the children because of the money he was owing. And the man of God said to her, What do you have in your house? Of course, you don't expect the widow to have anything in her house. Just like she started the story. Your handmaid have nothing. I just thank God she didn't put a full stop in that statement at that point. That would have been calamity for her. But she continued and said, Except a pot of oil. There's someone here who wanted to make statements like this woman, but just remembered that there's something you have. That pot of oil was what delivered her from poverty forever. Child of God, there is something you have. You have something. Tell your neighbor you have something. something. Say you have something. something. And you are going to be delivered from poverty today. If you believe that, say a better amen. Amen. And the man of God gave her instructions. Go back home. Meet all your neighbors. Borrow vessels. Empty vessels. Not few. As many as you can borrow. And then when you get back home, shut the door. You and your sons begin to pour that pot of oil into those vessels. And she reluctantly obeyed. Went home. Borrowed vessels from all her neighbors. Locked herself inside the room. And she began to pour. As one vessel is filled, one son will take it out. And the other son will put a new vessel. The oil continued to pour. Until the last vessel. When she said, give me another vessel. The son said, there is no more empty vessel. And the moment he said there is no more empty vessel, the oil stopped flowing. Now the question is, if she had, assuming she had 20 vessels, will the 20 vessels be filled? Will it be filled? If she had 30 vessels, will it be filled? What if she has 100? Will it still be filled? What about 1,000? 1,000. It will still be filled yes, with the same small pot of oil. Yes, so what is the limitation? The only limitation is you, your own ability to provide more verses. God doesn't have a limit. He's limitless. Are you getting me? 
So this woman, like I said to the people in the first service, if I wear her, if I wear in her shoes, although the number, I don't know, the Bible didn't tell us how many verses she had, but what we knew from the story was that she went back to the man of God to tell him that she has done what he told her to do. And the man of God said, good, go and sell the oil, pay your debt. I don't know how many millions she was owing, but the money she realized was enough to pay the debt. And then you and your sons live on the rest for the rest of your lives. And like I said, I've never read in the Bible any other place where they said this woman was begging for food. So which means the money she realized from that oil was enough for a lifetime. Somebody is about to enter into a restoration that will last you a lifetime. If you are that person, let your amen swallow that of your neighbor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, like I said to the people in the first service, if I were her, I would import empty vessels from other countries. And I said to, her, to, to them also that if that woman was not a good woman, everybody she goes to, they would have told her, we don't have any vessel, we don't have anything to borrow you. But because she was a good woman, she related well with her neighbors, they gave her vessels. So that's why it's good to be good. Relate with everybody around you because you never can tell who God will use as a divine helper at any time. Praise the Lord. Praise Master Jesus. What other way can God restore me? In my business or the work of my hands? Oh, technicians, they just woke up now. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing me louder now? I don't know what is wrong with them. I've been struggling to talk here. In your business and the work of your hands, Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 to 16. When you get back home, read it. Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 to 16. There was one young man, there is a set of people in that story who worked for only one hour in a day. And their income was equal to those who worked for 12 hours. So what that means, like I said to them in the morning, in that land at that time, work begins by 6 a.m. and close by 6 p.m. 12 hours of work. So they hire you in the morning by 6 and the daily rate is one naira. So the owner of the farm came out to the marketplace where people who are looking for a job will gather every morning. And he met those set of people by 6 a.m. and said, I will hire you, go and work in my farmyard. And they agreed the normal daily rate of one naira per day. And they went to work. And the Bible said, by 9 o'clock in the morning, the man came out again to the marketplace and see saw some people idle. And he said to them, why are you idle? And they said, because nobody has hired us. He said, okay, go and work in my farmland. At the end of the day's work, I'll pay you whatever is due to you. And they went. By 12 noon, he came out again to the marketplace. He saw some people idle. Did the same thing. By 3 p.m., he came out again and saw some people still idle. He said the same thing to them. Go and work in my, place, in my farmyard. And they did. But the most interesting part of it is the people that he met by 5 p.m. That is the 11th hour. So by 5 p.m., how many more hours is left for the day's work to be ended? One Just one hour. And he met them by 5 o'clock and said, why are you still here? They said they are here idle because 
Nobody has hired them. And say, okay, go to my farm yard also and work. At the end of the day's work, whatever is due to you, I will give to you. And by the time it was 6 o'clock, he called the supervisor. Now settle all the workers. Those who came by 6 a.m., those who came by 9 a.m., those who came by 12 p noon, those who came by 3 p.m., and those who came by 5 p.m. Settle everybody. Beginning from those who came last. Everybody, give everybody one penny. This was the private discussion he had with the supervisor. And so the supervisor had a bag carrying money and told everybody to come. All of you who started by 5 p.m., start line up. All of you who started by 3 p.m., line up. 12 p.m., line up. 9 a.m., line up. 6 a.m., line up. So he started with those who started by 5 p.m. Who worked for how many hours? And he gave them one naira each. One naira each. So when those people who started work by 6 a.m. saw that he was giving these people one naira, they were happy. They said, ah, if this man can be paying these people who just worked for one hour, the same one naira a day job, that means by the time he gets to our turn, he will give us like 10 naira. But by the time he got their turn to be paid, they were equally paid one naira. And they began to grumble. We have been here since morning and the sun has beaten us. Rain has fallen on us. These people just came just now and you're giving them the same rate you are giving to us. And the owner of the money said, are, is, are your eyes, you know, I, I can't remember how you put it again. That, that, that's somebody who is, um, how do you, longer throats. Eh? The money is my own. I can decide to do anything I like with my money. If you have money, can't you decide anything you want to do with your money? If you want to dash your pastor all your money, does it concern your neighbor? The neighbor that is sitting near you, ask him, if I want to dash my pastor all the money I have now, does it concern you? Some people, it concern them all. Because they go say, why you give it to pastor? Why you not give it to me? Praise the Lord. And the owner of the money was angry with them. Said, the money is my own. I worked for it. And I agree with you for one penny, which is the normal daily rate. So allow me to use my money to do what I want to do. Are you, are you a selfish person? So it means, therefore, that there are some people who will struggle and struggle and struggle and get little. And there are some people who will not struggle and they will get as much. And like I said to those in the morning, do you know that it was just one more hour for the work to close that day? Those people who came by 5 p.m. had just one hour to go home empty-handed. But God didn't allow them to go empty-handed. You will not close today empty-handed. I don't know how much you have in your pocket and in your bank account and you're thinking that the time is going. If you don't get the alert by one o'clock you won't get it again child of god god doesn't operate like that because those people who were there by 5 p.m still waiting for someone to hire them they had so much of faith that even though i don't in fact there's one thing they used to say it is not over until it is uh, over and they had faith to continue to wait some people will have been discouraged and say ah by this time if nobody hired us that means today no way they go home, go to sleep. But those who were still determined, they still stayed there. Just one hour to go, empty-handed. God located them. God will locate somebody here. Yeah. 
If you're that person, say a better amen. amen. Our time is gone. I still have some other things I wanted to share with you that I didn't tell the people in the first service. On other, on other this, but you have gotten some things they didn't get. You got some things they didn't get. All those, all those first things we did, they didn't get it. Stand to your feet. <laughs> Stand to your feet. <laughs> Just thank him because he's a good God. He's a glorious God. He's a glorious God. He's a glorious God. He will restore you. Tell him to restore you fully, 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 fully. Not partial restoration. 100% restoration. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have been restored. Is anybody here who wants to give his or her life to Christ? Is there anyone, anyone that wants to surrender totally to God for full restoration? You're here, you want to fully surrender to God so that he will fully restore you. Is there any person? Alright, stretch forth your hands towards me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless these ones with the blessing of the Lord. As the Lord liveth, whom I serve, your restoration begins now. Your journey to full restoration begins now. Financially, you are restored. Maritally, you are restored. Academically, you are restored. The work of your hands, you are restored. Spiritually, you are restored. Emotionally, you are restored. Socially, be in the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' unchallengeable name, we have prayed. Jam your hands.